This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from Dr. Coulter. I want to speak to you this morning for a few moments of the importance of God's Word. I have entitled it God's Word in Action. I thought of entitling it the prevailing word, or I thought of entitling it the miracle action of the word of God. But God's word, when I talk about God's word this morning, I am talking about the scriptures, the miracle action in our lives of the word of God. The word of God is not alive over there. It is not the miracle action of the word of God there. It's not the prevailing word right there. It's only the prevailing word and the miracle action of the word on the inside of us. When we meditate on it, when we read it, when we get it coming out of our mouths, then it becomes the living word and the miracle action word of God. In the scriptures, uh, in 1 John chapter 1, Jesus is referred to as the word of God. So we'll read that this morning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the Word of God. Then we were given the written Word to reveal the living Word. Jesus is the living Word because he rose from the dead. And because this is a revelation of him, this becomes the living Word in us. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, and the joints and of marrow, discerning the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So that the living word of God was put on paper for us to get it on the inside of us. So in one sense, you can't separate the living word, Jesus, from the written word. Now, we don't worship the paper and the ink and the leather, but we realize that it is God speaking to us, his word, and then we are going to act upon it if we believe it. It's very interesting that in the Bible... God separates times and seasons. He makes a distinction in his eternal plan. In Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it says, Long ago and at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, human beings standing in the office of the prophet. God spoke to God's people through them. Now listen, but in these last days he speaks unto us, or he has spoken to us by his Son, 
whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. So the scripture is the word of God, God speaking to us in Christ Jesus. When we deposit it in our hearts, it lives and it becomes alive in us. Notice what Paul said to a young preacher called Timothy who was about to take over the church in Ephesus. And scholars say there was probably a million and a half, two million people that belonged to this particular church. All scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 3, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. One out of three is not bad. Reproof, some people don't like it. Correction, they don't necessarily like it. And for training in righteousness. So it's not possible this morning to overestimate the word of God in our lives. Now the devil or Satan, or the accuser of the brethren, or the thief he's called, knows the importance of God's word in us. That's why he tries to minimize it in our lives. That's why he tries to create, through human beings, agnostic or atheistic philosophies or ideas, trying to present to us circumstances that hinder us, distracting us from acting, on God's word. He does this with five major ways. Now don't put this up yet on the screen. He does it in Mark chapter 4 in the parable about a farmer sowing seed. And so the first part of the text says the farmer sows the seed on the path that everybody's walking on. There's no soil, so it doesn't take root. Then the farmer sows on rocky ground. And then the ones that hear, they're the ones that hear this and, and there's no root that doesn't last. Then he sows it on, in thorns. And when he sows it in thorns, the seed in thorns, then it chokes the word or it chokes the seed. So now the Lord's going to make application about this in the word of God for us, starting at verse 14. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear the word, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who hear the word immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or affliction or persecution arises account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire or craving for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Notice the five things. Affliction or tribulation, tests, trouble, trials, etc. Persecution, where someone is, is um, presenting aggressive behavior against you negatively. The cares of this world, where things have got you filled with anxiety, 
and uh, anxiousness and fear and fretting and distraction. The deceitfulness of riches, somehow the delusion that riches are going to make you happy and the lust or the craving of other things. A desire for what is wrong, a desire for something that's not good for you. So these five things come to us, and they're all designed to keep you from acting on God's word. Because the word inside of you, listen this carefully, the word of God on the inside of you builds an image of victory or overcoming in all circumstances. The word of God builds an image on the inside of you of victory in all circumstances. And that's the reason why many Christians do not live in victory in their lives, because they never crack the book from one Sunday to the next. It presents to us. It builds this inner image that Jesus is the victor, therefore we are victorious in every circumstance. Now, in the Old Testament, Joshua was told something very important by God. He was about to embark on a faith journey, and he had to overcome some stuff. So before he did, God said this to Joshua. This book of the law, or we could say the word of God, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Notice it doesn't say, God didn't say, I'm going to make your way prosperous. He said to Joshua, if you put the word in your heart and in your mouth, you'll make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Now, that, that's echoed by Jesus in John's Gospel, chapter 16. I don't have this on the screen. Where he says, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. What was he saying? If you've got me with you, you can overcome too. Any situation, any circumstance, any disease, any anything. So with these five things, the devil is trying to get you to act on his word rather than on God's word. For he knows that God's word will put you over, so he tries to steal God's word from your heart and mind. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief, Satan or the devil, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Don't get confused in your minds about who is good and who is bad. God is not bad. God is not trying to steal anything from you. God is not trying to destroy you. God is not trying to kill you. God is not trying to do negative things in your life. He comes to give you life and that more abundantly found in, your, in his word if you put it in your heart and say it with your mouth. We need to realize as Christians that the entire spectrum of human existence is covered by the word of God. I'm going to say it one more time. 
the entire spectrum of human existence is covered by the word of God. Look at this in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, spirit man, the inside of you, the real you, and soul, mind, will, and emotion, and body, this earth suit that we have that allows us to operate in this planet, may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The word of God covers the entire spectrum of our existence. Now, in Isaiah chapter 53, the Lord gave the prophet Isaiah a picture of the cross and Jesus. He said this in Isaiah 53. But he was bruised for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. This is where we sin in our spirits. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. He dealt with our soul realm mind, will, and emotion. And with his wounds, we are healed physically. The entire spectrum of our personality and our existence in this planet is covered by the word of God. So, what you need to do in negative circumstances and experiences is find the scripture, the word of God that covers your case, and stand upon it relentlessly and never give in. How do you stand upon it, Pastor? You stand upon it by believing it in your heart and saying it with your mouth. That's what you did when you got saved. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And some Christians only and ever do that when they got saved. They never do it after. They never understand faith. You were saved by faith, and God wants you to understand you're going to have to live by faith if you're going to live for him and with him. You have to get the scriptures on the inside of you and say it with your mouth. Believe it in your heart. Find the scripture that covers your case and cover the situation and covers your victory and start believing it in your heart. Get it in there. And saying it with your mouth. Look at Proverbs 4. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And healing to all their flesh. You study God's word. You read God's word. You meditate on God's word. And you find it for yourself. And when you do, you find life. This is a fact. It's not a promise. It's actually a fact. My wife and I have proved this over and over and over and over again, and countless millions of Christians have done the same. Sometimes you can't find the exact scripture. You have this circumstance, you have this sickness, you have this situation, you have this problem that needs to be solved and you're searching scripture. Can't just find it. Let me give you one that works for everything. Philippians chapter 4 verses 19 and 20. And my God 
will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus to our God and Father be glory forever. Amen. And when I found that one day, I just kept saying it. The Lord meets my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I call my needs met. Praise God. I call my body healed. I call my bills paid. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And I just kept saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it. When I first started saying it, however, let me be honest with you. I didn't believe it in my heart. I heard about this. As I told you last week, I found Mark 11, 23 and 24. Whoever says to this mountain, be thou immune, thou cast, see not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he says come to pass, have whatever he saith. I found out that. So I started saying something. But as I, uh, what happened was as I meditated on this word of God and got it down in my heart, it started to come out of my mouth with authority and change stuff around and in my life. Now, this is why God says go, to, go into all the world and preach the what? Preach the gospel or the word of God. Preach the word. Why? Because it changes lives. It gets you saved. Mark eleven sixteen, And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. And so Paul is encouraging this young preacher, Timothy. He says in 2 Timothy 4, Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Keep on preaching the word. I love it when Pastor Brent gets up here and he starts preaching the word. He puts the scriptures on the scene. He preaches the word. He puts the scriptures on the scene. He preaches some more. Puts the scriptures on the scene. He's doing exactly what Paul said to Timothy. Preach the word. Why? Because the word of God is something that changes us forever. Can you say amen? amen. The word of God is so powerful that it convicts us. Listen to Psalm 119.11. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We have an incessant desire in the church to try to bring people to the altar. Bring people to the altar. If they've, made it, if they've sinned this week, bring them to the altar. And, and you can confess your sin. And then you, if you bring, come to the altar, then you're going to feel better. And you probably won't sin anymore. Wrong. Wrong. There's only one way that you're going to stop sinning. And that is if you hide the word of God in your heart. All of the young people that are sitting here this morning... Don't wait till you're older to hide the word of God in your heart. Hide it in your heart. Young David said, young King David said, I hide your word, Lord, in my heart that I might not sin against you. The word of God is so powerful that it saves us eternally if we accept it. First Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Since you have been born again... Not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. 
Somebody comes preaching that Jesus is Lord. Somebody comes preaching that there's no other name under heaven whereby you must be saved. Somebody comes preaching that Jesus took your sins on the cross, rose from the dead so that you could have eternal life. If you accept him, you hear the word and you believe it and you receive it and you get saved. The word of God is so powerful that it sanctifies us. That means it separates us to be used by God for his ministry to the world, to your neighbors, in your job, to your families. Jesus, in John 17, prayed for us. He said, Lord, sanctify them in thy truth. Your word is truth. You want to know the truth? The truth will set you free. One of my majors in university was philosophy. Everybody in, in, in philosophy and the professors always trying to find the truth. They're trying to find what is beautiful, what is lovely, what is honest, what is real. I put down the bottom of one of my essays, the Bible is the truth. He gave me an A. Minus. A. Minus. He wrote a little note. He said, I wish I could believe like you. I said, you can. It's a decision you make. It's a decision you make. It's not the angel's wings flapping that makes you believe, not the goosebumps. It's a decision of your brain and will that decides either I'm going to believe the word of God or not. I'm going to do it once and for all, and I'm going to get it on the inside of me. The word of God is so powerful that it renews our minds. Our minds need to be renewed about God, about who he is, how he operates, how he thinks. And before you're saved, you have squirrely things, ideas about God, especially if you went to university. You got ideas about God that are dumb. That's something like this. They say, well, if it happens, it must be God. He mustn't be a good God because everything that happens, if God is God, everything that happens must be God. But they haven't understood about the way God operates and the way he told us how he did it in history. All that happens is not God. The catastrophes, the floods, the disease, the sickness is not God. When Adam turned the lease over to the devil on this planet, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 says that Satan right now is the small g, God of this world, and the prince and the power of the air. We live in a broken world until Jesus comes back. But God has made it available, made available his word, so that we can overcome in any circumstance, in any situation in this broken world. This is what God is, says about that. James chapter 1, verse 13. James 1, 13. Let no one say when he is tested or tempted or tried, I'm being tested or tempted by God. 
For God cannot be tested or tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one with evil. God is not inflicting hardships and trials on you to somehow prove your character. You need to start thinking like God. Stop blaming God. He loves you. He cares about you. He is a good God. Look at James chapter 1, verse 17. For every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation. There's no variation of goodness in him. It's not goodness, 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 and then this little bad. It's not black, 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 and then there's some gray areas where God says, well, I think I'll give them something bad to see if they'll really serve me. That's the way God works. See, you need to have your mind renewed by the word of God, what he is like, what he thinks, how he acts, what he thinks about you. Do you know in your state today, whatever state you're in, God loves you? If you're here today and you messed up royally last week, uh, do you think that God's mad at you? Not at all. He loves you. He cares about you. He says, let's go again. Why? Because I am the resurrection and the life. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth... So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts? How am I going to find out what God thinks? I'm going to find out by reading the word. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world. The world of ideas about God. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. The will of God is the word of God. How do you find anybody's will out? How do I know your will about anything? I'm going to know it by listening to what you say. So we want to know what God's will is. We find it from the word. By testing, you may discern what is the word or will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Psalm 119.30. The unfolding of your words give light and it imparts understanding to the simple. The word of God is so powerful that it grows your faith. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing, from hearing, and hearing through the word of God. And if God wants us to live by faith, which he does, he tells us that in Romans and Galatians, he says the just shall live by faith. If we're going to live by faith, we want to grow in faith. How are you going to grow in faith? Stop praying for faith. It's not going to happen. Get the word of God on the inside of you because it grows your faith. And when your faith grows, you become an overcomer, you become a victor. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. God's word is so powerful that when used in prayer causes your prayers to be answered. When used in prayer, causes your prayers to be answered. Look at 1 John 5.14. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, 
that if we ask anything according to his will, if I ask anything according to his, whatever his word is, whatever his will is, I'm going to find out what I can pray about. This is the confidence we have towards him that if we ask anything according to his will or his word, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have of him. So what does that mean? If I'm praying the word, I'm already praying the answer. I can hear the gears going in your brain. If I'm praying the word of God, I'm already praying the answer. So let's say, for instance, I've got some sickness and disease that I want God to heal. What am I going to do? I'm going to pray the word. How do you do that, Pastor? Well, the Bible says in, in, in Isaiah 53 that he was wounded for our transgression. He bruised for our neck and satisfied my feast was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. So I say, I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes I am healed. I thank you, Lord, that 1 Peter 2.24 says he bore my sins in his own body on the tree that I, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes I am healed. I thank you, Lord, that your word says in Deuteronomy chapter 61, chapter 28, verse 61, that all sickness and disease is a curse of the law. But according to Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Therefore, I no longer have this sickness, whatever it is in my life. What am I doing? I'm praying the word of God. I'm praying the answer. And I'm rejoicing in the healing even before it's manifested. You say amen. Give me three amens for that one. John chapter 15, verse 7. If you abide in me, Jesus said, and my words abide in you, ask what you wish, and it will be done for you. Stop begging. Stop crying. Stop kicking the back of the chair in the pew. And pray the word, because the answer is right there for you. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. I said, praise God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The word of God is so powerful that it sustains us in times of trials and difficulties. Man, I have experienced that. Acts chapter 20, verse 32. And now, Paul said, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. I'm leaving for a while, he said. But I commend you to God and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. All right, everybody, start getting busy with the word. Start getting busy with the word every day. You know, you can have plans of the word. Sometimes I take a plan where I'm going to read the whole Bible through in a year. Sometimes I take a plan to take the whole Bible in a year, and then a plan to add Proverbs and Psalms. So I want one proverb a day for the month and five Psalms for the day for the month. That gets me through all the Proverbs and all the Psalms in a month. Sometimes I just read the Gospels all year. This year, all I'm doing is reading the epistles. That's of the church from the book of Romans to the book of Jude, from the book of Romans to the book of Jude. 
from the book of Romans to the book of Jude. Why? Why do that? Because what I'm interested in is getting this powerful word in my life. The word of God is so powerful that it heals our bodies if believed and received. Psalm 107, verse 20. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Proverbs 4, 20 and 23. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. All right. So everything I've said so far this morning means this, that God's word is our contact with God. God's word, read, meditated on, planted and deposited in my heart, is my contact with God. But also, his word is his contact with me. Watch this in Jeremiah 1.12. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. Where is he watching over it? On the nightstand? On the coffee table if I get around to it? Or is his word... Is he performing his word based upon what's in our hearts and what he hears us saying from our mouths? Remember, belief is in your heart. You say it with your mouth. Belief unto righteousness, confession is made unto salvation. Salvation means not just eternal life, but everything good in your life. Spirit, soul, body, material, financially, vocationally, relationally, every way. God says, Put it in there. It's my contact with you. God says to us, re-weapons that come against us. The devil's shooting out these weapons, getting us distracted, upset, nervous, stressed out. Ephesians 6.16. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which can quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. I don't know about you, but I'm going to live by faith in God's word. How about everybody in jo re re joining me today that for the rest of our lives, every day of our life, we're going to live by faith in God's word. Yes. Hallelujah. Now, this is what God says to us about that. In Isaiah 54, it's very important. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression. For you shall not fear and from terror for it shall not come near you. If anyone stirs up strife, it is not from me. Whoever stirs up strife with you shall fall because of you. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed, and you shall refute, refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment, and this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication from me, declares the Lord. I have said for years, you better leave me alone. 
Absolutely said it. I listen, I've had people come into churches that I've pastored and try to upset me and upset the congregation, upset the apple cart. And I just said, every tongue that rises against me falls. Everyone that stirs up strife falls. For this is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. I've said it for years. Leave me alone. It's better to do that. Now, I have to check myself to see if I've caused them to make strife against me. But check myself. And then say, well, somebody says, who do you think you are? I'll tell you. Jesus has made me the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. And you. And you, not in ourselves. Bless the Lord. I want to read that again. I enjoy that this morning. I preach myself happy already today. In righteousness you shall be established. You. You shall be far from oppression. For you shall not fear. Now listen. Fear tries to come. You shall not fear from terror, for it shall not come near you. I start saying that out of my mouth. If anyone stirs up strife, it's not from me. Whoever stirs up strife with you shall fall because of you. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. Now listen what it doesn't say. It doesn't say that no weapon will be formed against you. Weapons get formed against you, but what does it say? No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. And you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Are you a servant of the Lord? And their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. This is God's contact with us. He loves us. Cares about us. Jesus Christ, the living word, never changes. Hebrews chapter 13, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The written word, which reveals the living word, is also the same. Psalm 119.89, forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. When you and I hold fast the confession of the word, we experience in our lives the promises and blessings of God. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. God is watching over his word that's deposited in our hearts and coming out of our mouths. He loves it when we do that. You can build your whole life on the word of God. This is what we taught our children this is what we've preached for 50 years. You can build your whole life on the Word of God. You can build your marriage on the Word of God. You can build your business on the Word of God. The Word of God is so powerful that you can trust it because it's God's Word to you to build your whole life around it. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27, Jesus said this, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them 
will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. The rain came to both. The winds came to both. But one who had built his house on the rock of the word of God did not fall. The one who builds his marriage on the word of God does not fall. The one who builds his family on the word of God will find ultimately even though sometimes children stray will find ultimately that they will come back to the heavenly father build your life on the word of God if you do that you will enjoy life listen this carefully now you will enjoy life and enjoy God I was in school for 12 years after high school, much of it studying the word of God. But there was a time in my life when I wasn't enjoying life and not enjoying God. I missed the whole thing. I took Hebrew for 3 years to be able to translate the Old Testament from the original language. I took Greek so I could translate the Greek. But I missed it for many years. Until I started to realize that the way God thinks and the way God acts and what God wants from me and what he desires for my life is to be prosperous and in health. even as my soul prospers and he cares for me he's not mad at me he loves me and slowly but surely my life changed and my family changed and we started to enjoy life and enjoy god and realized after listening to professors for so many years who told me that god brings stuff in he's 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 bringing stuff to you so that he can prove your faithfulness. That's not how God proves your faithfulness. How God disciplines us and how God trains us is by his word, not by sending a mother-in-law to live with you for the rest of your life. It's not it's not it's not what God does. <laughs> On the way home Esther said, "Now why did you add that? Everything was good until you added that." Who cares about you? Realize he's a good God and a good Father. Philippians 2:13, almost finished. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. John 8:31. So Jesus said to the Jews who believed Him, "If you abide in my words, 
You are truly my disciples. And then he went on to say, and if you know the truth, the truth sets you free. Sets you free to what? Enjoy life. Enjoy God. The last scripture I want to give you today is this. Gives us a picture of God because the Bible teaches us that Jesus was the exact image of God. He himself was God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Acts 10:38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Take his word. Put it in your heart. Say it in your mouth. You'll enjoy God and enjoy life. Let's pray. Father, we love you this morning. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.